seems like every local in the valley here has a mountain bike. This sport is really exploding. I break the law. I ride an illegal trip. And it's getting away from the cops, the cars, the concrete. Those are is the Chinese are down here. Skiers and snowboarders together on a run, you're looking for trouble. You know, they get on skis and they just think they can overcome the world. The more you run around, the more you're going to find out. I like to think that death is out of the question. The life starts at 40 miles an hour. You ride the chairlift for two or three weekends and you have to go like climb hills all week just to be even with God, you know. Welcome to Mind the Track with Pal Bot and Trail Whisperer, ramblings from the skin track in winter, single track in summer, celebrating the core lords and fostering the culture of mountain life in the Sierra Nevada and Great Basin. Today is August 7th, 2023, and you're listening to episode number 17. And by the way, thanks for listening. Help spread the word. Leave Mind the Track a rating and review and subscribe on Apple and Spotify. Got feedback or a core lord we should chat with? Drop us the line, mindthetrackpodcast at gmail.com, at mindthetrack on Instagram, or just go to our website at mindthetrack.com. As always, beside me today is the professore of Papapow, the director of the Papapowder Intelligence Agency in the United Shredders of Snow, the summertime Lomba Powbot. What's, What's up, up Lomba Powbot? Hey, nice to see you again, man. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Good. Ha- happy August. Happy August. Yeah. Where, we're, God, where is the summer going? We're knocking down weeks and months and oh my gosh. 17 episodes in. Yeah. 17. It's going quick. I mean, we're trying to stay on a weekly program. Sometimes it doesn't happen every week, but this week we're back on the, we're back on the program. By. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the kids are going to be back in school next week, which I don't understand. I always thought school didn't start until after Labor Day, but I guess things have changed since well, I was they, in grade I think school. It's because they don't go to school the rest of the year. Yeah, that's true. I guess. <laughs> they get so much time off. I'm like, they, they, when do they go to school? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, it's good. They're going back. Like They're I, going I'm, to school I'm in looking, mid-August. I'm looking forward to, to like the little Tahoe reset that happens when the kids go back to school. Like, yeah. It just sort of takes a little bit of a breather. Yeah. And, and we get a little bit of, a little more elbow room. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Well, on the topic of kids, we're at a place that yeah. has brought up a lot of kids and talent over the years. Let's get into it. Five generations of kids. Five learning, generations of kids. Learning to ski. and Learning to ski and now ride bikes, which is pretty yeah. awesome. Uh, we're, at the, we're in the shadow of Mount Rose, the mighty Mount Rose, 10,776 feet of awesomeness here at the Sky Tavern uh, Ski Hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, with us today, we've got a couple of legends in their own respects. Um, one of them is Yale Spina. He is the board chair of Sky Tavern, um, is the grandson of one of the early founders, Rocco Spina. Um, had a career in, as a professional freestyle skier. He traveled the, the globe. That gets as you an the moniker of a core lord. Oh, but yeah. If you can do a multiple backflips and spins and stuff like yeah core yeah so and then we also have steve wentz here who is uh he is the head of momentum trail concepts which is his yeah. trail building company who has been hired he says he's just hired help um i think he's maybe a little bit more than that but he's he, way more than that he's a shredding mountain biker too absolute shredder on the mountain bike absolutely yeah so he knows how to build good trail because he knows how to ride good trail yeah um or trial he knows how to ride trail good i should say or well my dad would correct me on that my mom would want to correct me too on that. <laughs> so without further ado uh want to welcome yale and steve to the 
show. Welcome to the show, boys. Welcome, guys. Thanks for being with us. Hey, well, welcome to Sky Tavern. Absolutely. Yeah, we're stoked to be here. I have the best office ever. I would say so. I'd say so, too. This place is really cool. <laughs> it's, I, <clears throat> this is Steve. I have the second best office ever. Usually I'm in an excavator with a good view, but I rarely look out. I'm, uh, I'm just looking down at what I'm doing, so i got to change that up a bit. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you guys are both uh, very take your work very seriously, which we appreciate because it just makes for amazing experiences for everyone who comes here. Thank In, you. Indeed. And I mean, it's, it seems like you guys have only been at this mountain bike project here now for a pretty short amount of time. It's been how many years, Yale? So, um, yeah, I, I joined the board five years ago and realized there was no direction towards mountain biking. Mm-hmm. And um, they did summer events, but they weren't regular and, and, and they, there was no real mountain bike program. There was only one partially finished trail that was built by the University of Nevada for a race here and they they've used that for years but five years ago the Tamarack Trail was completed which we all know and love it's one of the best trails in the Tahoe region goes from the top of Mount Rose Highway and then it ends at Sky Tavern which is kind of strange because people don't know that mm-hmm. everybody thinks mm-hmm. it uh it ends at the uh at the auxiliary parking for Mount Rose, but it continues all the way down to the to Sky Tavern, and um, we call that the top of Sky Tavern. And so, again, um, when that happened, we had to do something about it. So we finished a couple of the trails uh, by hand uh, with a small group of people. So five years we've been working uh, hard and raising money to, to hire Steve because I feel like he's the best builder on the planet after interviewing well over 17 builders in the western United States. I traveled around and talked to builders. Eddie from Ptarmigan in Bandon is a great builder. There's a lot of good builders, but there's not very many um, artists out there, someone that can really do something with nothing. Yeah. And uh, so Steve's it, and uh, it's nice. And it's also very interesting, you know, to, 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 to get to know someone as good as Steve is but also to become a friend with him. And he's a great human being, and I'm proud to call him a friend, and it's great to be in partnership to do this right because we got uh, one shot at doing this. We got 143 acres to play with, and I'm dying to get done. I'm going to say we're only about 50% done. So if you've ridden at Sky Tavern and you like what's going on, game on. We're not done yet. There's a lot more to come. That's cool. And then like, also, too, there's a lot that's been done in the past. So let's, I would, I'd like to get into also a little bit of your history growing up here as a skier and, and fill us in a little bit on what it was like growing up here as a kid and, and ski and learning to ski here. And what was that like? So, um, my grandfather, uh, was the one that uh, put in the early lifts in when the city took possession of the property in the early sixties. Okay. And that this was originally privately held land so, and then it went to the city. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a quick history lesson on Sky Tavern. It used to yeah, be a no, joint. Please do. It used to be a joint. Mount Rose Highway was never plowed beyond this parking lot in mm. the 30s, 40s, and 50s. So this used to be the end of the this road. This was the end of the road. And oh, there right. was a reason why Sky Tavern existed. Right. You could go to the end of the road, mm. and this was a restaurant and a gambling hall and a bar and a restaurant. And Ma- Marilyn Monroe came up here at one point. <laughs> you yeah? bet she did. 
and it's yeah. never been the same since. <laughs> but uh, cool. clearly, uh, what, what, what people miss is that Sky Tavern was the place where things happened here, but the, the area was called Reno Ski Bowl, or Upski, in a couple of years. It, it named, it, its names changed over the years, but there was a rope tow and a T-bar here on this hill. And then there was an access chairlift that took you from this parking lot to the Slide Mountain parking lot. Yep. And then you got on another chairlift. The, the first two chairlifts in the region were here. And you skied Slide Mountain, which wasn't called Slide Mountain then. It was called Reno Ski Bowl. And so because the highway was not plowed, you could ski right down to here from 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 slide mountain and mount rose and mount uh, rose had this this and you had to be somebody to do that in the back of the day because it was just a you know a narrow corridor of, of skiing so anyway my my dad would ski down my mom would take the lift down at any rate reno ski bowl was uh, in in operation um privately as a ski resort um until 59 in 59 they started plowing plowing the, tr the highway to the lake because they were going to use the slide mountain for part of the Olympics in the 60s. Okay. So yep. that was the first mm -hmm. time ever you could actually drive from Reno to Lake Tahoe over Mount Rose Highway. So when that happened, they split the ski area because they couldn't have people skiing across the road anymore. Yeah, they didn't have oh. a way to ski across. So the road was there previously. It's just they didn't plow it in the winter. Right. Right. So now you've got two areas. And by default, it became Sky Tavern. That's how Sky Tavern became Sky Tavern. Sky Tavern was the joint. Reno Ski Bowl was half of the ski area. So anyway. That was like an extra 800 vert of descent, right? Came on. Man. And uh, so long the short of it is, in the mid-60s, uh, the, the, the property was given to the city of Reno as a city park. And the reason why they gave it to the city of Reno was because of Marcy Hurst. Marcy Hurst started a ski program in 1948 here and gathered up all the kids with her station wagon. And she'd go get them in the bad neighborhoods and brought them up here and taught them how to ski. She started with 10 kids in 1948, and by the mid-50s, there was 300 kids. That's wow. all because of her. So what happened was when they split the two areas, they said, let's, give, let's protect that junior ski program that Marcy Hurst started. And let's give it to the city of Reno. So the 143 acres you now know as Sky Tavern was given to the city of Reno in the mid-60s. Okay. And that's why grandfather dug in and, and, and did some improvements to make it kid-friendly and also get more uphill capacity because there was a lot of kids at that point. So from that day forward, it's been operated kind of under the, as, as a city park. And then in the mid-90s, the city decided they couldn't operate it anymore. And a group of parents put together a nonprofit that now operates this property under a lease with the city of Reno. In, 19, in 2019, we obtained a 50-year lease from the city of Reno for a dollar a year. And so that changed everything. You really now, so now we, we have a chance to make Sky Tavern um, raise money to do improvements and build a bike park. So guess what? Yeah, you're That's building what a we, bike park. I took that seriously, you know, 
And I'm glad I don't have to choose between skiing and mountain biking because I would choose mountain biking. Even though I made my living and grew up skiing, I think mountain biking is my favorite thing. And so for me, it was a way for the city really wanted people to use this city park. They didn't want it to just go fallow. It, it kills me that it's just been, it, it just does not activate it. So yeah. that's what we're trying to do. And isn't the directive to serve the people? It is. Again, the city considers this a city park, and they'd love to see more people using it. So yeah. we're doing it. And in the past, in the past 30 years, it's been open in the winter pretty much only, uh, two days a week, 10 weeks a year, uh, not open during the week, typically. In the summer, they've done a lot of events here, but not on a regular basis. So we, we, we want to do that. We want to activate it. Um, Sky Tavern will become one of the best bike parks ever. We're going to be a cycling hub that will draw the two trail systems together and give people options to ride. And <clears throat> the idea here is uh, trails are good for everyone, especially kids. And that's a direct quote from Marcy Hers. She said, sports are good for everyone, especially kids. So we're playing into our mission and our vision to activate the hill, create a wonderland for people to, to ride at all level, all levels. And, you know, bringing Steve in was so important because every trail we build has options. And we want to make sure that we're building safe trails that people that in, engage people to improve their skills, but also to inspire them. And a lot of the trails right now can be ridden by f a group of people with different skill sets, and everybody gets to have fun. And that's because of Steve's artistry and how he builds a trail. Most of the little features that you might see, like on the new Rick Sutherland Trail, the right the right is always easier. The center is scary. The left is pucker factor. Mm -hmm. And so he builds things that makes it interesting in that way, but also gives people a reason to go there and watch their friends and get better and see how things work. It's much better to see it. Right. And then you go, oh, I could do that. So that's, that's why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. And what I love about Sky Tavern is the, the heritage and the lineage and the multi-generational involvement. So, you know, your, your grandparents, um, like help start this thing. And then you were talking, you were, you mentioned Marcy hers a few times. So Alicia, who's sitting over there against the wall, she's the director of marketing, right? For Sky Tavern. Yeah. So we're the grandkids. Yeah. Rocco Spino was my, my granddad. Yeah. Uh, Alicia hers, her grandmother is Marcy hers. Marcy yeah. hers that started this program in a way that uh, gave kids a chance. And we got the kids that were in the, in, in neighborhoods that would never even think of skiing to get up here, get it. She brought them up and taught them to ski, changed their lives. It changed my life. So you got your first kiss here. <laughs> you didn't, right? Like you didn't. Oh yeah, really? <laughs> oh, he, he probably didn't know what to do with anyone before that. <laughs> uh, suffice it to say there was a lot of firsts for me here. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So that happens a lot at local but, ski hills. Yeah. That's why they're so valuable. But, uh, back to Alicia hers. Uh, she's a, uh, a wonderful addition to our team. Uh, she's our director of marketing and development. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that Sky Tavern is, is a wonderful junior ski program mm-hmm. that's the oldest and largest of its kind in the nation. It's 75 years old. Last year, we had 3,000 kids. Have you ever seen 3,000 kids in the same place at the same time? No. It's organized chaos. <laughs> we also have about 1,200 adult volunteers that help make that work. Okay, so that's the way the junior ski program works. But it's because of Marcy Hers that made that happen. And it's the reason why the city owns this place. And so we need to protect that and covet that yeah. and develop that and keep it moving and keep it alive. And for that, well, we raise money to create enough improvements to the property to handle that many kids. And do you, and is a lot of your a lot of your donations and your and your uh, your donators of former Sky Tavern children who learned to ski here? Overwhelmingly, anybody that's grown up in Reno had something to do with Sky Tavern, mm-hmm. and uh, the community loves Sky Tavern. Um, but as I said before, it's been scr- struggling under a short term lease. You can't raise real money with a three-year lease. Right, because you don't ever know what's going to happen at the end of that three years. Like, I'd like $3 million. Can you help me? Right. right. How long is your lease? Three years. I don't think so. Right, right. So the bottom line is having this long lease. And by the way, I volunteered to pay the rent for the whole 50 years, so get that away. <laughs> You're a generous man. So, you know, just, just to make sure that that's off the page of what we have to talk about, but raising money is what we do to make this happen. And uh, if I have anything to do with in my life, I want to leave Sky Tavern better than I found it. Yeah. Uh, when I joined, uh, we were operating on a short-term lease, struggling to make things happen. Uh, we did get the 50-year lease. We went after, uh, we started a capital campaign to raise enough money to make snow. If you're going to be in the ski business, you've got to make snow. We raised $2.4 million. It's in the bank, and it's going in the ground right now. We're digging trenches. We're going to put that in. There will be water on the mountain, enough to make snow. But in the summer, what does that mean for summer? I'm going to have a water system. Yeah, talk about that for a second, because I'm fascinated by helped build water systems. Like, where are you... What are you putting in and and where are you getting the water from and how is it being transported around the property and used for skiing and mountain biking? So as soon as we got the 50-year lease, we got all of the water rights associated with this property assigned to us. So we have all the water rights that are legally able to be taken off the hill. We have a lot of springs on the hill. We've got Browns Creek. There's a lot of water coming into the property and Mm -hmm. then goes down uh, the Browns Creek watershed. Mm-hmm. So we have the sufficient rights to sequester that water, blow it for snow, and mm-hmm. then it returns to Browns Creek. It's a non-consumptive use. Mm-hmm. Right. But what it, what it does is three things. And this is why it's so important. First of all, we got to raise, we got to, we got to make snow. We can't get open early enough. We're open uh, third week in January, typically. That's right. way beyond the, the high school race team. They're done. The race yeah. teams are done by mm-hmm. early February. Right. So we've got to get open early. So snowmaking is going to help us do that. And, and because the high school kids are paying too much to be on the for-profit mountains and uh, they don't have a great hill, we have a homologated FIS certified race hill here. Mm-hmm. They don't at Mount Rose. Mm-hmm. So we have the best race hill. So not only do we, should we 
um, be using ourselves for training, racing and things like that. But, um, I forgot what I was going to say on the three points, but we have an opportunity now to make snow and develop a race program here at Sky Tavern that would give uh, the poor kids a chance to have do the, that. They'll it's have ex- a longer season. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So having, we just can't get open without snow. Except so. for last year. Different story. <laughs> that was one in a million. Yeah, right. Yeah. So anyway, we need to we need to have snow, and so we need to raise enough money to yeah. add these things so that we can we can generate enough revenue to support a team here. Straight yeah. up. Yep. Yeah. Um, and what with what will you be doing with that water in the summertime? So having the water on top of the mountain also helps with wildland fire suppression. Mm-hmm. This is the wildlands interface right now. We're yeah. between urban and wildland. Right. Having that water sequestered on top of the mountain with some head pressure gives us ton, uh, a lot of uh, options that we didn't have before. Right. We have neighbors on both sides. Yep. So that'll help us with wild, wildland suppression if we need to. Yep. But then, guess what? It also helps us with erosion of cro- control so we can irrigate in the summer and grow some things on the mountain to keep erosions down. Yep. And we can water those trails. Yep. Water those trails <laughs> is the key. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what's going to change everything for us in keeping our trails maintained um, and, and moist, which is hard to do in Nevada. Yeah, what kind of the, what's the soil content here? Steve, why don't you jump in for a second? What's the soil content here? A ton of the soil content here is decomposed granite, yeah. um, which on the good side, it doesn't necessarily go away. It's very heavy, you know, and we're super close to Tahoe and a lot of the, let's say the top foot of soil in Tahoe is maybe 10,000 years of decomposed, decomposed pine needles. That's going to poof up and go away. The granite doesn't necessarily go away it just moves around a little bit. So some of that water, you know, we're getting piping now here at Sky Tavern and Yale's plan is just to do more and more the whole way down the hill. Yeah. With a little bit more water down, it just keeps that, you know, kind of like the mountain biking version of a powder day and it's gonna keep everything together a little more. So while the dirt's tough here, it's tough to work with. It doesn't have high clay content it will stay in place, you know, if there's a little bit of water and it, it's not just going to poof up into the air. Mm-hmm. Riding moist DG is one of my favorite things on a mountain bike. Oh my so God, I, so good. I'm looking forward to it. I love it. You know, like we rode today and we were talking and I love changing conditions and I, I should say I love imperfect conditions because that's when you like mess up a little bit and you save it and you're proud of yourself. I'm like, oh, that was cool. I did that corner well. And I feel like with the soil here, you get some water on it or it's packed in after a season. It's like, Oh, I drifted a little bit the whole time. And I love that. You know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of, it's kind of like being patient when you're riding Yeah. because there's, there's videos on Instagram all over the place with someone ripping a berm or pushing something, pushing hard in like the Northwest. And I'm like, Oh, I wish we had dirt like that. But, um, but it's a different type of riding, you know? And I, and just like skiing in Colorado versus skiing here, there's different ways to ski. And I think there's different ways to ride. And I, I personally think that's a benefit here. It's not the easiest to work with from my front, but, but I think the ride is like, it's amazing. You can ride here and practice, which is 
the whole premise mm-hmm. to learn here and learn different skills. Mm-hmm. You go somewhere else, I'm like, oh, I rode in Washington. This is great. You know, I can, it'll prepare you for anywhere. Yeah, it's kind of like riding in Mammoth. Mammoth mm-hmm. is like two wheel mm-hmm. drifting through every corner. And once yeah. you master riding in Mammoth, you can pretty much ride anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And, and it's cool. Like in, in Mammoth, you can't, well, you can do quick movements, but you might fall on your head. Right. But you're, if you like lean as opposed to turn, right. you know, then you're treating your bike more like your skis. And that's generally the safer, faster, I think more fun way to do it. And it, it's, it's kind of like the link between all of Tahoe and Mammoth, you know? Yeah. I, it, what you've said, Kurt, kind of reminds me of the, of the common theme in skiing that if, if for all the people that learn to ski on the ice on the East Coast, they come out West and they, <laughs> they can yeah. shred out here. Yeah, that's why all but the gnarliest skiers in Tahoe are from Vermont. From Vermont, <laughs> yeah. which is, you've said that. I think that, yeah, it's, it's, I, I think that it makes you a better rider riding loose trail. Absolutely. Because then when you get on the brown pow, you, you just, you go that much better. Oh, yeah. If you can control two-wheel drift through every turn comfortably, everything else is no problem. And you, know, and, like, and you did that today. When I was following you some, you were drifting, and then you'd get on the power and start pedaling and, you know, roost out a yeah, little almost, bit. Yeah, I almost, I almost like, went down, too. Remember yeah, I put a no, foot it, was, it was great. But I, <laughs> I mean, I love diversity and riding and terrain. And, like, I go to the Northwest, and I'm like, oh, okay, I've got to click in some compression, and I can hit stuff harder and turn differently. And people from there come here like, oh my, oh my gosh, how do you turn here or whatever? And uh, like, well, you got to be a little more patient. Mm-hmm. And that's a cool thing about different terrain, different areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I love traveling or building in different places. It's, it's different. It's hard. Yeah. Well, so when you, in, you said you interviewed 17 different trail builders uh, before you came to decide on Steve, what were the parameters or what were the, kind of the deciding factors that you knew that Steve was the man for the job here at Sky Tavern? I think I didn't say no. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, it's the person. When you've got money to spend um, that you raised from others, yeah, you got to do that right. Yeah. And I wanted to choose the right person. So... There's a lot of great builders out there. There's very few Steve Wences. Yeah. There's two things about him. Um, He's a real human and thinks about what he says before he says it. That's Mm -hmm. that's a rare bird. Yeah. Because, you know, people run on. Uh, The other thing that's interesting about Steve is um, he's a legit race pro mountain biker. When you ride with Steve game on there's no there's no slow yeah and there's no easy line he's taking the hardest line Mm -hmm. so that gave me and and you know when when we met it was like it was sort of a challenge um i had i said i had this idea i've i've i was a ski jumper so okay so i have a couple friends in in wheelchairs and that sucks but you know it's reality Mm mm-hmm and I, I started talking with them about that, and I said, how does a hand cycle work? Show me. And I, I went and rode on one of them like 10 years ago. That's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, riding a hand cycle before electric-assist motors. Yeah. So anyway, recently I, I talked to my friend Bob Vogel, who was, uh, he was a, I coached him as a young guy, but he, he also went on to, compete or uh, do ski shows with the Volvo ski 
ski team all over the world. Mm-hmm. And he got hurt. And then uh, after he got hurt, I took his place on the, on the team, but we became very f- good friends. And I said, so what's the new stuff like, you know, with the electric assist? It's, he said, it's really cool, but we're relegated to a dirt road. Yeah. So, you know, it's sort of boring. I mean, we don't get a single track like you get, Yale. And I said, well, yeah, that sucks. So um, I challenged Steve. I said, we got we to gotta do a proof of concept. There's got to be a way to build uh, a blue-green flow trail that's wide enough and, and, and challenging but also interesting enough for these adaptive cycling uh, rigs, the new electric assist bikes. There's quads and, and, and trikes, and they're all kinds of Gila monster looking stuff. It's really cool. And, um, and so he built a section on a bet that it would work. And guess what? I invited the High Fives Foundation and the city of Reno Adaptive, Bob Vogel, uh, guys like John Kirsch from Reno that's a uh, that's into this and uh they got they gave it the seal of approval so um <clears throat> we are now dreaming of an adaptive ski school here at or uh, an adaptive cycling school here at sky tavern that would potentially have a bricks and mortar place because part the problem with these rigs is they're huge right. and they're hard to transport and you, you got to get them fit and to get them work so there needs to be a bricks and mortar place where there's an adaptive, adaptive cycling program, and we're going to be the place. Is there so, any place like that in North America? Not that I know of. Very and then cool. after that, after we did this small uh, proof of concept section of the High Fives Trail, we raised money and we finished it. So the High, High Fives Trail at Sky Tavern is two miles of blue-green flow for us. It's a freeway. A lot of fun for the beginner mountain bikers that are learning how to berm and and how to take hey, take the whoops and things like that. But the adaptive um, community has gone nuts. We started with three people at our first event at Sky Tavern. At the last event, we had 28 people in wheelchairs that were here to try these rigs, learn how it works, get fitted, try the different ones. And so um, it's a piece of humanity that is often overlooked and i think we're going to build a place here at sky tavern for them and so all of our trails to some degree are going to be adaptive friendly that just means wider doesn't mean easier it means gnarly so everything we're doing now is is based on building trails that have options for every rider whether they're on two wheels or four or three or whatever, I don't care. I don't care if they have an e-bike or an acoustic bike or or whatever. If it's got pedals, bring it here. You can ride it. Everybody's welcome. And everyone can ride from here at Sky Tavern at any level. That's the, that's the goal and the objective. Yeah, I well, so we rode the, is it called the High Fives Trail? Yes, yeah, we, we rode that. That's the one that has the big overlooks yeah, and it's super cool. It was, it was fun. It was awesome. It's super fun. That was my introduction to this place. Was was do, obviously I rode the the Tamarack Lake Trail, and then just sort of ended up at Sky, and, and then somehow found my way onto that trail. 
and then took it all the way down to, to Reno. And mm. I've done that ride a bunch now. And, and it's, it's a flowy, fun trail. It's yeah. a bobsled course. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And yeah. I guess to, um, to your question, you're like, Yale, how'd you pick Steve? And I, I think some of that was, I'm a, I'm a very stubborn person. I have two business partners and another one of my partners, uh, Matt, he was out here to make this proof of concept for the High Fives Trail. And I have the belief that I will always bet on myself. And, and we do as a company. I'm like, yeah, we'll make that. We'll make it fun. Because there's a general consensus in the bike world, like, oh, there's, there's this flow trail. It's going to be boring. It's flat. We're making sidewalks through the woods. Um, I don't believe that's the case um, because I've ridden all over the world. And I, I love going to Whistler and riding Dirt Merchant, and that's six feet wide in places and 16 feet wide in places. Yeah. And there's four-wheel, four-wheel riders that go on A-line, and that's technically an adaptive trail. And it scares people shitless sometimes. They're like, <laughs> oh, my, I'm going so fast into this jump, and it's still not fast enough. Yeah. There's horror in people. And I don't necessarily think that's easier. Mm-hmm. You know, so I guess I don't believe in excuses. Um, so we were willing to bet on ourselves to like, yeah, we can do this. We can make it fun. And I mean, even the history of Sky Tavern, there's other people that have built here. There's been questionable things made here and there. And sometimes I love that. I love some of the odd things. I don't technically build them now, but um, but I love riding the weird stuff. And there's just a little too much weird. And, and so I think now we're keeping some of the old stuff, making a lot of improvements. Mm. And, but I guess, yeah, like the reason I'm here is we were willing to bet like, yeah, we can make this fun despite the challenges of dirt, rocks or other things. And I typically don't build the things that I build here. These are just the ingredients we have in the fridge. Yeah, yeah, well said. And I like the fact that you guys are able to to incorporate some ladders and some wooden features and different things that we normally don't get to ride here in Tahoe. Yeah, that cool. was kind of a treat today to to, mm-hmm. to do that. And I think I asked Kurt. I was like, when was the last time you did something like like rode a ladder? Yeah, it's and been a, it's, it's been a little while. It's, being a Tahoe rider, it's a it, we don't get to ride the North Shore style trail. Yeah, and even like the rocky roll-ins, I I feel like it's it's tough to build. It's tough to build rocky things that fit together well when you don't know what your next ingredient is going to be. You know, like working your way down a trail. Right. Sure, I would love to have dinner tables just lined up for me that are six inches thick that aren't going to break, and that will never happen. The next rock is the wrong size. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to, I, I don't know, maybe you just have to hope and carry stuff down the hill and, you know, move your materials down and, and make it work. But... But that's what we have here. So I think here there is, especially with the last trail we rode down Mm -hmm. um, with Lower College Boy, um, which is the end of the Rick Sutherland Trail, there's some parts where there's blindness. And I think that's going away in the world of trail building. And I don't believe it should. Yeah. Trusting what you're going to roll over is a skill. It's a learned skill. You can practice it and you can roll over something and be nervous and have something that's consistent on the other side. And the rocks here can do that. Um, and I think that lets you build steeper and that's totally. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. And it's something that is in the Northwest. That's something that is on the East coast. That's, I mean, there's cool rock rolls in South mountain and in Phoenix and 
Mm-hmm. That's yeah, super yeah, cool. Yeah. But yep. here people don't generally do that because they can't move them. Right. Cause they're too big. They're too big. Yeah. But, um, I guess I, I love taking machines down places where people say you can't. Wow. <laughs> you can't believe what he's doing. It's crazy. His, uh, he's a brilliant artist in that way. I call him Picasso on occasion uh-huh. because it's like this transformer of a, an excavator in the middle of the woods and he's picking up a rock that's probably six or 700 pounds or more and he'll move it around and then set it down and pick it up different and look at it and then twist it and put it and lift it up. And then he'll take it and go click. And it fits somewhere that he was trying to find a way to make this work. Yeah. It's brilliant. And then what happens with that, the water can flow through it. Right. You don't, so we don't have erosion and you've got a consistent surface that, you know, as he said, you know, the, the rock rolls, at first impression are going, whoa, that's that's going to be scary. But then you do it and you go, ah, it's perfect. Yeah. But what makes it interesting is that, that kind of pucker factor. Mm -hmm. It's the respect of looking first, which we endorse, but at the same time rolling it and going, yeah, I can do this. Right. And it really builds confidence. And what is riding without confidence is crashing. Yeah. Ooh, that was deep. Yeah. Did well, I say that? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's like, I, we're doing kind of the mountain biking version of the ski team because, you know, we started with, it's not, I don't even believe it's entry level. There's some, there's some nervousness. There's, there's exposure on the high five trail. It's not the easiest trail out there, but I believe it is good practice. And then there's harder versions and harder versions. So I think there's, there are good stepping stones here. And like we said, I think if you can, go to a place and do multiple laps and repeat stuff. Um, I think that's where real learning happens. You know, I, I pedal more than anything else, but when I ride a chairlift and ride my downhill bike or trail bike on a chairlift and I repeat stuff, that's when I really get better. Right. Mm-hmm. And I see that with people skiing or anything. Like It's like skiing, man. You, yeah. You can't get better. I mean, Powbot loves the backcountry, um, and he does it every day, but like, if you really want to get good, you got to ride the chair now and again. Like you, you got to get that vertical. Yeah, you, I would. I, mean? I would love to do backcountry, but I'm not. I've taken one avalanche class and it was so good that I decided never to do it again. Um, <laughs> so it was awesome. Um, but but yeah, I'm like I need to be a better skier before I do that sort of skiing. Right. Yeah. There's right. A, a progression. Know? It's it's all about progression. Yeah, and I it, think that's cool. But it, that's a cool thing about a hill that's not like it's not a two thousand foot climb here it's relatively accessible and you can do like yeah. half laps right. and repeat stuff. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have this set up now that the, the vert here is, as you said, about 800 feet, Yale is um, the, it's a little more than that, but it's yeah, even a little more than that. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and again, for those of you that have ridden at sky tavern, you know, now that we have actually five downhills, five, there's real, five dedicated, five tracks. real downhills and they're all different. And in my mind, I've got about six more in my brain, which is going to drive everybody crazy. But I think we're only half done. Not only do we have room for more trails, but also we have room for alternates on every trail. In other words, we're not done. And we're not even close to being done. And we're going to build something that is interesting. And it always evolves. It's better for us to Mm -hmm. keep moving and not 
rest on our laurels. I mean, we built some cool stuff here, but we're, we're not even close to being done. Um, and at this point, we've raised, I'm going to say, 300 grand and spent it. We need another 300 grand, maybe 400 grand, to do this right and get more trails going. And so we're doing a couple of things to, um, to monetize uh, the biking side of us because we need to have a staff that can help maintain the, the, the trails. So mm-hmm. we're working on a shuttle company where we would shuttle from Sky Tavern parking lot all the way to the top of Mount Rose Highway. And then that way you can do the Tamarack Trail and you come to Sky Tavern and you've got six downhills you can do. Mm-hmm. Pick your poison, right? So we're looking at that where we could then um, hire two full-time ple- people. We'll run it three days a week initially. And then the other two days of the week, um, the, the generation of the revenue that's created by that shuttle company is going to support them as a real job. And two days a week, they maintain trails or mm-hmm. build trails. Mm-hmm. So... Cool. What we're trying to do is build a more sustainable Sky Tavern. Sky Tavern has been raising money and spending money to do things for 75 years. What we're trying to do now is build a business around it mm-hmm. so that we can do things that will generate enough revenue to, to support a staff. And that staff would be year-round. Um, we, four years ago, we, I think we had five paid employees. Mm-hmm. I think we have 14 now. We're getting there. We're getting to the point where we can actually sustain um, a staff of full-time career jobs. That's our goal. Yeah. And I'm going to jump in and say why I think why some of this is working now because I almost didn't take the job because it was eight or nine years ago. I I built like a little trial section here. And uh, Bill, who's always like run the place, he's been great to work with. But he was like, ah, biking's never going to make money. It's never going to work. Our dirt doesn't work. And then I, he was like, yeah, go for it. He probably thought I was going to fail. But we made a small section that was, um, that's lasted. It was fun. It was cool. Ever since then, Bill's like, oh, wow. Okay, it can be done. just needs to be done well. Yeah. But there's been a lot of baggage on the bike front, I think, with Sky Tavern because it was sketchy. It was gnarly, all that. And I think people think that's how it always will be. And, and it's changed. But... Even my wife, when I said, you know, hey, there's a new guy, I, I think it's going to work. Like, she's like, no, you've invested so much there for free. Like, I, I wasn't paid a penny. And I was just like, I believe if I do a good enough job, it'll work. And she's like, yeah, that's cool, but that doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> you know, it just right. doesn't work at a point. Um, but I guess I believed in Yale because he, he just sounded so stubborn. I was like, man, this guy's got nothing to lose. He's already made it. He's worked in crazy jobs before, crazy to me. Like, he's managed thousands of people. And he wants to focus on this? Like, why would he do that? He, has, yeah. he, has, he doesn't have anything else to prove. Right. So that's why I was like, okay, like, in, in, a, in the sense, I was betting on Yale. So yeah. I was like, I'll try this. I'll do it. And, and also, I mean, selfishly, I want to get better. Yeah. You know, like these are hard conditions to work in. And some people have seen me on the hill. They're like, how'd you get that machine there? I'm like, well, gravity does wonders, you know, <laughs> you can fall down, but, um, it pays to be Picasso, <laughs> but, but no, it's, I think a lot of it's cause of Yale and it's, and you know, Bill's, 
Bill's been here forever and he's always been an advocate for me. And, and I think sometimes it's just like proof of concept. You know, you got to see stuff work well and then double down, and yeah. double down again. And I guess that goes to his world because mm-hmm. Yale's worked some gnarly jobs. Yeah. Yale, tell us a little bit about the world that you worked in and how it relates to what you're doing now at, at Sky Tavern. Um, geez, I don't know. Um, uh, I was a professional mogul skier um, and an aerialist. Uh, I traveled around the world doing acrobatic ski shows and stunt work. Um, I started the junior or the um, the freestyle ski program at Squaw Valley in 1978 with four of my friends. Uh, it's still going today. Some of our kids that came out of that, uh, my 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 little brother Lane Spina, uh, my smarter, better looking younger brother, um, was a two-time Olympian, two-time medalist, uh, world champion in in, in moguls or, or in, aerials in acro skiing. Wow. Um, and were you ever in the Olympics or not? No, I was too old. Okay. You know, he got in, I didn't. Um, but I was a coach. Um, other kids that were on our team, Glenn Plake, um, Dan Herbie, six-time national mogul champ, came from Squaw Valley. Um, guy named Johnny Mosley came from. I'm proud to be one of his coaches. Oh, that's cool. So my, my, my life was all about skiing all the time. And so I was doing uh, acrobatic ski shows all over the Western United States on, uh, on the three-story Tower of Death. <laughs> I think you've, you've all seen some of those. I, I think I grew up watching that so, and, I, and watching the, the old school, like dual, dual GS yeah. over the, over the drop thing. Oh uh, yeah. The world pro tour was a whole different thing, but no, I was, I was just, uh, trying to make a living, uh, being a skier. So I was lucky enough to, um, you know, I wasn't very talented, but I showed up and I landed on my feet most of the time and I could actually do some <laughs> extra things. So I learned how to be resourceful. So as my professional ski career lasted 17 years, I traveled to 13 countries. Wow. Um, I was a pro mogul skier. I didn't do very well with that, but you know, I made some money sometimes. Um, it's, you were, you it, were sponsored by Marlboro at one point. Marlboro. Yeah. Uh, oh, you were a yeah. Marlboro sponsored skier. That's yeah. insane. And uh, Vol- <laughs> Volvo. I'm gonna call you the Marlboro man from yeah. now on. <laughs> yeah. um, I was on the Volvo ski team. Uh, I was on. Uh, I skied for American Airlines and Coors and, and Labatt's and. Labatt's. You, were dri- you were driving a Volvo, drinking a Coors, and smoking a Marlboro. <laughs> Uppers and downers, that's amazing. I'll tell you, we did drive around Europe in, a, in, a, in Volvos. We had 12 of us who had six cars. Oh, my God. It was a danger. But anyway, um, my ski career was long uh, and, and varied. I, I did whatever job I could do. Um, I did a lot of jumping. I uh, did a lot of acro kind of stuff and stunt work and Ski show things, you know, just yeah. entertainment. Yeah. But, I, I um, always want to know, do, do, do the little pine branches that they like throw down the landing, do those things really help you? Yes, because you, you can't you, see. You can see them. From 30 okay. feet up, you can't see where the landing is. So the pine boughs on the landing hill, it's a big deal. Um, and for those that don't know about aerial acrobatics, it's serious. And you're flinging your flesh off of a 12-foot oh, block of ice and you're flying 30, 40 feet up, and, and you want to see the landing, and that's the key. And, you know, occasionally I didn't. Um, and you, you know, still have your original knees? Well, or are they aftermarket? <laughs> no, I got aftermarket. <laughs> I got aftermarket. Okay. And, and, and I used to be tall and good-looking, too, but those days are over. <laughs> but 
anyway, so uh, my ski career ended with uh, blowing up my knee and I was done. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I went to work for um, the Reno Hilton and uh, Caesars bought Hilton. And before you know it, um, there's one thing I knew about in my career was hotels. So I became a hotel <laughs> guy for, for Caesars and they moved me all over the United States to uh, be the, the, you know, send Yale, he'll fix it kind of guy. You were like mm -hmm. the wolf. I, I, I just would, you know, I was <laughs> able to it, fix, fix stuff. <laughs> just, Send in um, the wolf. yeah, my, my career was, well, you know, I, I, I was, I didn't, I didn't know no. And I didn't know, I didn't say no to anybody. Yeah, I, just I said pick yes. up that a lot Let's here. Figure that, it out. That there is a lot of, I don't take no for an answer here. My mom always used to say, how hard can it be? People do it every day. So no matter what it is, there, the answer is yes. At Sky Tavern, by the way, that's, that's the culture now. We're going to say yes. Whatever it is we want to do that's cool and people want it. If our community want it, wants it, we're going to do it. So anyway, my, my ski career uh, ended with blown up knees. And so I went to work for the casino business. And I spent 17 years traveling around um, being a hotel guy. And um, that, that was uh, interesting because uh, they moved me to Biloxi in 2005 to be the EVP of three three through casino hotels mississippi yeah Boxy Blue. so <laughs> guess i moved there one month before katrina hit oh geez i had Whoa. bought a beautiful house on the water oh no with a swimming pool and a boathouse and i bought a boat and i was like living the large and it all gone it i lost everything in hurricane katrina oh my god wow. so um my you wife were on the gulf you were like on the waterfront like uh, that I it was, was almost Gulfport, worse Mississippi it was almost whatever. worse there than in there was yeah uh, it, it got hit there was 19 feet of water in my house yeah. and my house was 12 feet above sea level so there was six feet of water in my house oh man so oh it pretty god. much took everything and uh everything that i moved across the united states gone oh except for except for except for your bike my bike that was on top of my mattress <laughs> i put it on top of my mattress thinking shit if the water comes up at least it'll float and my ski equipment was in the attic <laughs> <laughs> so i still have that stuff so anyway um because i had gone through that and um i was the only executive with no kids they put me in charge of disaster relief on the coast for about a year so i spent a year learning how to fix stuff in a different way um i dealt with um so you had a life with no kids because you wanted to make your life easy yeah and then but, yeah that Did, didn't work at all they're like we're gonna make your life harder yeah did so you I'm, ever end up working with any of the people that came straight from burning man of because course, these those that, that I was at burning the burn that year, and there was a huge contingency of camps that yeah. packed up and drove straight. They didn't. A lot of them actually didn't go to Louisiana. They went to Mississippi. Yeah, and I've stayed in touch with a few of them because the the work that they did that year was pretty impressive. It's uh, I can I can't tell you what it's like in the post apocalyptic five storm that hit us. Um, nothing is real. Um, and quickly just, there's the four days that I remember yeah. the first day we returned, which was day two after the storm. Well, what's um, real is the need for like the essentials, yeah. clean water. There's no water, no yeah. electricity, yeah. no cell coverage, no nothing. Yeah. Communications and water. Yeah. And it, um, yeah, it was hard and I don't wish that on anyone, but, uh, you know, I'm, I went through it and, and it changed me. 
I don't need a lot to live. And I have mm. one of the luckiest lives I can imagine. I've, I've been a lot of places, but that just taught me, you know, that I can do better and also I can do with very little. I live in the smallest house I've ever owned and I'm happy and I'm back in Reno, my hometown, and I'm so thrilled to be here. And you know what? Cool. This is this is my dream job at Sky Tavern. This is the job that I, uh, you know, I, uh, it's not, it's a not a, a non-paid position. You're good at negotiating salary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> zero. Net zero. No, negative zero. Um, all the, all the board is our don't, it's a donor board. So uh, nobody gets paid. But the idea here is we got a chance to build something really cool. Not only on the winter side, building a race program that can be a feeder program to the Olympics. God forbid we put our own kids in the Olympics instead of, um, you know, some of the foreigners that come here to ski for us. Uh, God forbid we we teach kids courage and confidence. Um, we get kids out of the bad neighborhoods and we yeah. we teach them something that. Uh, where are they going to learn some of these things? Well, it's just general life skills. Yeah. Like, so I grew up in a very similar situation to here. The place I grew up was a little ski hill called Mulligan's Hollow. And it was a, just like here. It was a tow rope and a T-bar. Uh, and it did. Woohoo. Yeah. Woo but I'll tell you, I, I skied more vertical feet on that t single tow rope because the tow rope was fast. You actually had to wear gl uh, leather glove protectors because it would yeah. rip up your gloves if you didn't have glove protectors. But that little ski hill, I, so I got lucky. I was the youngest of three brothers and that ski hill for me, they went, uh, they were, it was run by the local YMCA. It was a community ski hill just like this. And they were doing a fundraiser for some, for to, to work on the T bar in the back. And, and if you, if you donated enough money, you would get a 10 year season pass. Whoa. And my parents did it. And since I was the youngest of three brothers, I was the one that got the pass because I was going to get the most use out of it. Oh, and yeah. wow. I used that pass. It's, it's really the Genesis of that turned me into the just passionate snowboarder and skier that I am. But as I look back on it, like, especially in the day and age of helicopter parents, like my mom in fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade in ninth grade, I moved to Truckee. But for that year span, my mom would drop me off at that ski hill at five at night and pick me up at nine. And I was on my own at, as a sixth grader or the mm -hmm. fifth grader as a sixth grader. And I, it taught me all the skills. It taught me all the skills to be with my friends, to defend myself. Like I got hit in the face the first time there. You know, like it was just everything I learned in those years was instrumental into making me who I was. And that's, I, that's, the, that's why I love this place. Like I see what's going on here and what you're doing for these kids. And if, and if you can get this place going to where you said you were going to maybe do night skiing here, like, it's so cool for the kids to be able to have their parents come up here, drop them off, let them just be kids. Right. And, and it's and exactly. Figure it out. The, the key is, in the post-COVID world and during COVID, where were kids learning courage and confidence? They weren't. They weren't. Yeah. They yeah. were sketched out. Parents, yeah. parents were nervous, nervous. The teachers were nervous. The government's nervous. Yeah. They yeah. didn't know how to act. They've lost some innocence there. And they've yeah. also learned, learned to be alone. Yeah. And that's no way to be, especially with in today's world. Uh, we, we need to have places to your point where people, kids can be kids. Yep. 
Yes, I did my first backflip here when I was eight years old. Yes, I got my first kiss behind the launch. This place <laughs> was, you know, and it was all, it's innocent because we've got 1,200 adult volunteers. You're not going to get away with anything. Point is, you can yeah. be a kid. Yeah. But the point that I'm trying to make about all of that is that right now, it's so important for us to offer kids an opportunity to get out here and, and, and experiment that with themselves and, and build their courage and their confidence because without courage and confidence, it's really hard to live in this world these days. Mm-hmm. You know, the social media is beating the kids up mm-hmm. and I, I think we need to turn those phones off and get them on the trail. But the bottom line is this, we, we have to raise enough money to put improvements in that are going to sustain Sky Tavern. And when you say lights, lights change everything for the winter operations. Here's the reason why. We can't really help the high school race teams because we're not even open until the third week in, in January. So we got to have snowmaking. So we did that first. We're going to have all of the high school racing here this year um, for the first time ever. Cool on our homologated certified race hill. And so they're going to have a better experience at a, lo- at a lower cost so more kids can afford to do it, right? That's the bottom line. Yep. A lot of kids can't afford to be on the ski team in the high schools. So we got to get them up here. Now, if we had lights, I believe we shouldn't be getting kids out of school to come and train. We should get them here after school. And if we can do that, there's no night skiing really that you can count on in the Tahoe Basin anymore. Yeah. And I think it's the best thing for us. And then the other thing is the number one thing I'm being asked for in the community, hey, Yale, are we going to have some adult team racing or a beer league? Every ski, every mm. ski town in the, in the United States, in the world, they have beer league on Wednesday night. It's adult team fun racing, and then you have a beer afterwards. Okay, so that is not, we don't do that anymore. And then in the summer, I believe we need to have, you know, someone singing and playing the guitar in the Aspen Grove, and then you're riding, and we have a beer truck and a, and a wrap truck or a sandwich truck. Um, so we, we can create a scene. People can come yeah. here yeah. and spend their time and enjoy themselves. So the idea is to build a And they a can sustainable. get out of the heat. Oh, my God. You know, because yeah. you come up now, and it's 90-whatever in Reno, and here it's 70, and it's only cooling off. It's yep. awesome. It seems like you already sort of have the scene here. It's like happening. People, people are coming from Reno to ride up here. Yeah, totally. I mean, the, we, we came up for a volunteer trail day a month ago or two months ago. I was blown. I thought maybe there'd be 10, 15 people. There were like 40 people. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And like just today, you know, showing up like there's, there's parents with little kids showing up. There's teenagers who are, you know, like senders, you know, racing North star last weekend. Like there, there's definitely a scene happening here. I'm seeing it. Yeah. I, I see it. We're going to do a lot of things for the summer. We're going to, we're going to do an uh, entertainment thing, a concert deal. We're mm-hmm. going to do it. Mm-hmm. We just haven't found a way to do it yet, but we will. We're working on a skate park. Oh. The Scotty lap foundation is interested in building a, a skateboard park here and it's funded. We just got to find a way, a way to build it and where to build it. So that's what we're doing next. Um, if you don't know, skateboarding is now an Olympic sport and yeah. we need to support that. We're working on an airbag jump that we could possibly do here where the kids can learn how to jump. We know one thing about kids. Well, there's two things. 
we know about kids. They want to jump their skis and we can't stop them. <laughs> so yeah. given Major that, error. we need, we need to give them a chance to do that. And then also on the summertime, what we're working on right now is a drop zone and a mulch jump. So yeah. we can do something like that. That's going to be a progressive thing for kids to learn so they can ride their bikes safely. Um, so it's just those things that we're working on right now, but it cut, it takes money. So on the so. topic of money, I wanted to mention a couple of things. So um, I would, uh, Alicia mentioned earlier this ride for five thing. Talk to me about that idea. So there's a couple of things. A lot of people ask me, hey, Yale, can we just ride there? Is it free? Do, can we pay? And I said, absolutely, you can pay. And we encourage you to go on skytavern.org and select summer and put some money in there because all that money goes into trail building and helping us build the water system and, and maintaining this, maintaining the trails. So we're going to launch a thing called ride for five. Mm -hmm. We're going to have QR codes all over the mountain. So if you come up and you're riding and you like what you're doing, like what you're seeing and like what, what, what Steve is building, then give us five bucks. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're asking what we don't want to do is charge people. Cause there's some people that just can't do it and that's fine. Yeah. But we're encouraging everybody, hey, if you're here and you like what you're riding and you appreciate what we're doing and you want us to improve and, com and continue, hit that QR code and give me five bucks. Um, it's going to go, it's a 501c3, so it goes to a legitimate 501c3. Um, we're listed, we, we listed 990, we're all legit. The, the bottom line is we need to raise enough money to keep this going. And like, like I said, we're only half done. Or maybe not even then. There's so much we could do here. And I, I, it, I've got six trails in my brain. And I think we could do that. It, it just keeps, we, we, we need to raise more money to keep that going. And then what I would say is anybody that's in the audience that has, uh, I call it friend raising. Uh, I friend raise more than I fundraise. You got to make mm -hmm. friends with companies mm -hmm. and um, people that have, um, foundation. They sit on boards of foundations. We need to create a, a trickle from every foundation we can to have Sky Tavern be sustainable. We've got to be able to hire people, employ people to do this, to, to make it work. And so we're working on a different couple of things. First of all, we've opened a trading account so people can donate stock. We have a partnership with the Community Foundation of Nevada. They are managing our endowment and our capital funding so that we actually can make some interest right. so you can Smart. donate that way. Wow. So uh, we're doing the Ride for Five. We do fundraisers all the time and different kinds of things. But the bottom line is if you have a company out there that does matching funds for donations, then let's we need to talk with them and find out how we can get 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 hooked up with that company. Mm -hmm. If companies have company picnics, they can come here and do it here and pay us, which goes to the 501 C three. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's not an expense. It's a donation, right? Right. Um, we do, we also do weddings and we do special events of any kind. So the point is, is that generates revenue for mm -hmm. Sky Tavern. So, you guys do weddings here? Yes, we do. It's and by the way, you go yes, up on the chairlift, best view around. It's sick. Yeah, you I could, was thinking someone you, could have a mountain bike wedding here. You could get married at the top of that mountain, and yeah, we can take cool. everybody up in the 
on the chair. And on the donation front, I've had a lot of people ask me, like, well, where does the money go? Whatever. And you guys are buying, you know, piping, water, you know, quality holding tanks. But just from my perspective on the building front, um, I don't choose, like, tiny machines. I, they're more unstable. They can't lift uh, proper rocks. You know, sometimes my machine bill is five to $6,000 for a month to choose what I want to use. And the fuel for that is, you know, between five and eight gallons a day for what I use. And so you're looking at like $200 a day. If I were to work every day, no days off. So it's probably like 250, 300 a day with fuel just to have the machine sit there, you know? So like, yeah. Yeah. So that's where, that's where a lot of money will go. And like, I donate a lot before. I don't necessarily charge full price, but here, but it's uh, like it's expensive to do trails here just because it's so difficult with the dirt. Yeah. So it's yeah, if you see a machine here, that's costing like three hundred a day just to sit there. Tail Rick with Trash and Treasure on WMTT Hot Country 103. Give us a call. Tell us what you got for sale today. Hey, you're on the air. Yeah, there's uh, Enos Mahawkey over there in Booger Hole. I got a Larry Fisher Mountain pushback for sale. Only been crashed into a tree once, so uh, pretty much brand new otherwise. Got a nice jail seat on it. Some uh, off-road tires and that. And uh, it's got them suspensions. Asking tree fitting, firm, service calls only, no scammers. Don't waste my time, don't steal my stuff. 522-0258. All right, Mahaki over in Booker Hole got a Larry Fisher mountain bike for sale. Tree fitting, don't waste his time, don't steal his stuff. Give him a call at 522-0258. There's a better way to buy, sell, and rent used outdoor gear. Sendy, a new peer-to-peer online marketplace backed by Cam Zink and Travis Rice. Built by athletes for athletes, Sendy is committed to providing the outdoor community with a high-quality hub for high-quality gear. Sendy provides a safe platform for buying, selling, and renting, making sketchy meetups with shady characters and seedy parking lots a thing of the past. Sendy uses integrated and discounted UPS rates, QR codes, and print-ready labels, shipping anywhere in the U.S., with Canada coming soon. Download the app today for free at the Apple Store, Google Play, or visit sendy.io. Buy it, sell it, rent it, and send it with Sendy, charter partner of Mind the Track. Now, back to the show. There, you, you had mentioned that the, the High Fives Trail that you built was $60,000 to build? Yes. For, and that's two miles? Yeah. Yeah, so um, sustainability is the key. We got to build something that's going to last that we don't have, that's not going to be a liability in the future. We also have to generate enough programs that generate enough revenue to support a coaching staff and a maintenance staff. There is absolutely no waste. The mm-hmm. board, the, the entire board donates money, including me, and significant numbers. Some of our, do- our, our board members are significant donors. Um, so there's no, there's no place where the money to go except the operation and, and making things happen. Uh, what I'm interested in is what does the community want? 
I know one one thing's for sure that we've hit a home run by picking snow the mountain biking, and right now we're kind of it's sort of fun. We're enjoying a lot of notoriety and, and enthusiasm on social media because we're actually doing what we said we were going to do. And anybody that's a mountain bike rider that's ridden here for the last four years sees what we're doing. We're not sitting on our thumbs and every penny that comes in is carefully spent to make sure that we're getting the maximum value. The value proposition for Sky Tavern is to provide a place for people to go and do the things that they might not be able to afford to do anywhere else. And so we got to be that. And I, I think we need to do, do more sports. We can't just do five or six sports. I wanted, I'd like to support all of the, the Olympic sports out there that we can uh, to train kids. So mountain biking and cycling generally is, a, is, is an Olympic sport. Uh, like I said, sk- skateboarding, skateboarding is now. Uh, big air is, like I said, Kids want to jump, you can't stop them. Can't stop them. So what are you going to do about it? And that is try to find the best and safest way for them to train. I mean, I had to travel to Quebec to go training for aerials so Mm -hmm. I could jump into the water. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say to anyone out there that uh, we don't know everything and we don't have enough money, but we're making good use of what we have. And anybody that rides is seeing it. And I've been, I've been on the hill for, for almost every day. I've got 17 days with a shovel in my hand this year so far. And I'm thanked by people because they're going, whoa, this is so cool. I can't even believe you're, you're still going and you're still here. And, it, and, and it's, uh, so there's a lot of progress and I don't want that to stop. So there's got to be a trickle of money and um, we'll spend it right. Well, let's give a shout out to you. It sounds like you guys have uh, another fundraiser day here at the, at the end of the year. Uh, it was October 14th, which is actually the, the solar eclipse. The solar eclipse. Yeah. And you guys are calling this the party in the sky? <laughs> party it, in the sky. Yeah, was it, that on purpose? <laughs> was, that, was that just coincidence that it happened to be the solar eclipse? It, it's synchronicity, <laughs> synchronicity, you know. Um, I think that's cool. So I, I, what, what's, what's going on on the party in the sky day? And, and are people so we're gonna, showing up and We're going to let the pig out and do everything we can, uh, whatever the weather will permit us to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the time of year when we can be outside or not. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we're going to be riding. And if it's snowing, we'll be making snowmen. But the idea is to get people up here and see what we're doing. So many people have never even been here. Uh, a lot of people I've talked to over time have said, Sky Tavern, is that little, that little bunny hill where they teach skiing to kids? I think a lot of people just drive by and they don't yeah. really know what's going on here. And when you got up there today and you got to the top and we were going down, this legit. This it's is legit. Yeah. It's no, legit. You guys are building legit flowy rad legit. trail. There's, there's, there's rad trail here. I, I would challenge anybody to come here and tell me we're not building... Uh, a good park. And, um, but here's the other thing too. I don't care if they've got an idea, bring it forward. Um, sky tavern, uh, info at skytavern.org. Send us an email. Um, you know, and, and, and I do get a lot of things and we joke about it. Um, they should do this and they should do that. You should do, do this. <laughs> and, and, and so I, you should I, water your trails. <laughs> I joked, I joked the other day with, uh, Kyle from, uh, one of the, work crews, I said, we're going to get t-shirts and we're going to call, I am they, because we are the people that are changing it. So 
we're on the ground. I, I, I do want to challenge everybody out there that wants, if you want to do something for your community, call Sky Tavern and volunteer your company to come up and help us do stuff. Like there's always cleaning in the trails. There's always something that can be done in yep. the winter time. This last winter, you know, we had to dig out those, those lifts <laughs> every day. Yeah, it wasn't like we could dig them out for one storm and then it'd be go okay for a week. Right. We had to dig out every day. One day there was 150 parents digging out our magic carpets. It was amazing. And I amazing. think it's, it's not just work, though, because no. we were at the work party before, and I think a lot of people will say, well, I don't know how to dig. I don't want to get in the way. I don't want to do this. And, and I don't really believe in that because we had three or four crews, and we were saying, hey, do this a little bit. I'll come back and check on you, do this a little bit. And you can talk. And mm -hmm. I was talking with one guy's a teacher. He, well, it was summer. He wasn't teaching at that time. But, like, you meet different people. And it's like, yeah, why do you like bikes? And I think that's cool. You know, or skiing or both, whatever. I think it's not just a, it's just, it's not just a work day. And it shouldn't be. No. They, they get to fun. have fun and be a part of the community. And I think that's the whole premise of the place. Yeah, we, we have some gravel to clean up. We, you know, it's always something. The point is that if, uh, if there's a company out there that's hearing this and saying, I want to get involved, give us an email to, to info at um, skytavern.org, and we will respond, and we'll create something for you. If you want to come up, uh, you can do a barbecue up here. You can. Yale you know, doesn't can, say no. Yeah. The answer is yes. Um, <laughs> well, there's a quote here on the wall. I am optimistic. I show up each day with a positive attitude and a flexible mindset. Is that from you? That's, that's, that's me. It's, it's, he's got his name on it. <laughs> that's my, I can't believe you. So <laughs> we're sitting in the, in the room here and there's all these different, like, inspirational quotes and it, one the one we're sitting in front of just happens to have Yale's name on it. <laughs> <laughs> what you're looking at is what we call the sky code and the sky code is um, what why are, why is sky tavern relevant? It's relevant because we're teaching kids valuable lifelong lessons uh, and that's to be tough but also be fair, uh, include others in your fun. Mm -hmm. um, where you can be courageous and confident at the same time, focus your energy. That's one of the biggest things that I think that I learned from Sky Tavern because um, in order to be an aerialist or, or, or to ski jump, you got to have focus and mm -hmm. you can't let anything in your brain because you're going off this block of ice yeah. and you're yeah. going to fling your flesh off this thing and you hope you land on your feet. Right. Well, if you're not thinking about that and you're not mm -hmm. paying attention and things creep in and you're freaking out, you're never going to land on your feet. Right. So the point is, this is the place where that happens. Now it's year-round, not just winter. So game on for us, and I want to make sure that everybody knows that we are a community resource. We're a place for a venue for your any event you want to have. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, we got a beautiful place. Uh, if For those of you that haven't been here, we have a place called the Aspens which is a, uh, it's like a ring of aspens with grass in the middle and lights and a little stage. And so it's beautiful. And uh, it's a good, great space, race space for people to do something. We also um, use that as drop practice with one of your donors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, oh man, I don't want to kill this guy. But, <laughs> yeah. but he was a good listener. So he did everything right. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's pretty fun that, um, it's a resource that's not being utilized. So bring it. All right. Now, Art, tell us a little bit about the winter operations. Previously, uh, it was only open like, you know, a couple times a season or a couple times a week or whatever. Is this going to be a seven day a week operation? So we're now last year for the first time, we were open Wednesday through Friday. Uh huh because we just hired a 500 level coach for our Alpine ski program. His name is Mike Savage. He's probably the most talented Alpine ski coach in the country. There's only one of three, I think, 500 level coaches. I'm not sure how many there are, but the bottom line is he taught here at Sage Ridge many years ago and wanted to come back to Reno because he loves it. And he said, Sky Tavern's the place where this could happen and we could build a, a, an Alpine race program that would be a feeder using the 3,000 kids that we have. I'll bet there's two every year that would be an Olympians, but they're not getting that kind of nurturing. So we're going to build that program. And then that's going to support the high school race teams. The high school race teams are going to be here this year. It's going to cost them less and they'll get more. That's always good. And it's closer. Yeah. And when we get lights, then game on, then we can do it after school, which is great. And that's when, the winter alpine race program is going to kick butt on everybody because we have the desire we also have the new ncaa division one race team at university uh, who we want to support and have them uh, be the home of the wolf pack for their training uh, which we did a couple of days last year and we're going to work on that more we're we're working on a learn to ski program for students at college on Friday afternoons, like a junior ski program, but on Fridays for the college kids. We're also partnering with um, PSIA, which is the Professional Ski Instructors of America. They don't have a home. We want to be their home. And we want to be also a program for UNR, UNR students to learn to teach. So the, the whole idea is to learn to take some of the students and teach them to teach here, yeah. teach their peers. Yeah. And they get to triple dip. They get credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is a four-credit a four course they would be taking. They'd get their certification from PSIA. But here's the other thing. To graduate from college now, you've got to have public service hours. Well, they can book public service hours at the same time. So it's like a triple dip yeah. for his college students. So that's what we're working on in partnership with UNR. And then there's other programs we want to do. We want to be a remote campus. We want to be a research laboratory for for meteorology. We could do soil science here. We can do a lot of stuff with backcountry safety and all that kind of stuff. So none of that's happening. They need a home. Yeah. We're the home. Yeah. Straight up. And aside from money, what is the biggest challenge to developing all of this? Um, Time and your wife. Your wife wants you back. Um, <laughs> you, do, you do a great job, but you're also a good cook. You know, so like you got to make some dinner sometimes. My wife, my wife is teaching me to cook. Yeah. Um, the biggest challenge is coordination and also volunteerism is, is, is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can imagine 1,200 adult volunteers in the, is the winter, in the wintertime, it's difficult. Yeah. You got to, it's hard to train everybody, get everybody organized. And, yeah. you know, usually by the third week, it's going pretty good. But yeah. the first weeks are crazy. Um, but, but that's part, that's by design. It's, it's all volunteer. 
Um, I submit to the world that if we can build enough programs, generate enough revenue to support a team here of leaders. So if we had 30 people working here and each person took a piece of the pie year round, we would all be better off. And mm -hmm. that's where I'm heading um, because to, to, to build a sustainable Sky Tavern where we don't have to just keep feeding it all the time, we've built an endowment. So eventually we'll be able to sponsor, we sponsor between four and 500 kids a year on the junior ski program. And in the summer, we should be doing the same thing with bikes. Yeah. So the biggest challenges we have right now is to build programs that can generate enough revenue to, to hire a, a, a more paid staff so that then they can help train volunteers better and yeah. support the volunteers. The volunteers sometimes are, you know, they're thrown into the fire and we, and we want to try to avoid that and, and train them and teach them and mentor them yeah. better. So they're happier. Yeah. Right. So that, cha that, that's a challenge. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a, it's a interesting study of humanity. A lot of people want to volunteer, but they also want to provide value. And to provide value, they've got to feel good about themselves. And that needs training. That yeah. needs, we need to tell you what to do. We need to show you how to do it, tell you how to show up and what to do. And that takes time. Yeah. And training. So the, uh, the challenges, the other challenges we have is transportation. This, the Washoe County school district lost a lot of drivers mm. and people asking, well, yeah, why, do, why don't they have any drivers? Well, think about who drives a school bus. If you would pick a person that drives a school bus, it's a retired teacher. They're the only ones that can handle a busload of kids. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Think about that. You know, it's, it's, it, and then, but also it's a retirement uh, bridge to, you know, a lot of teachers retire at 55 to 60, but they need that extra five years to get to Medicare. Yep. But traditionally and across the nation, retired teachers are the school bus drivers mm -hmm. and they love it. They do it because it's fun too. They're going to, they want to be next to the kids, but you know, just for, half an hour right but what's happened is we've lost a lot of those drivers to covid they've not returned so they don't they have don't enough to, drivers they don't want to come back they don't have enough drivers yeah. so to get these extra programs to come bring them to sky taverns tough so i'm calling on uh i'm gonna i'm gonna call him out right now i don't hope you don't mind uh jeremy renner is one of our neighbors right He's down the mm -hmm. hill He's a transportation guy. That's right. Renovation. I've been trying to get a hold of him to say, hey, let's partner. And I've got some rolling stock. Let's brand it and do some cool oh, stuff to get some cool. kids. See, I'd love to be able to start a, 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 a transportation division for Sky Tavern because it's not just Sky Tavern that needs to transport kids. A lot of the charter schools and the, and the other schools in the neighborhood and the at-home school kids don't have any transportation. The Boys and Curls Club have their own buses, but they don't have enough. There's so many programs out there, like the um, Nevada Housing Authority. They don't have any way to get kids anywhere. So Especially we, on maybe a snowier road or something. Like, like it's different up here than yeah. city so, transportation. Right. So right. if somebody can get to Jeremy Redner and, and, and get him to me, uh, I think we could partner up and do something cool. Because I, th I heard this rumor that he, ha he bought a fire truck. And he renovated it to put video 
games in it. And he hires that out for people for birthday parties and yeah. they play video games in the fire truck. How cool is that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I submit that we could get a fleet of fun buses and, and dress them up and make them fun and, and be able to transport. We've got to be able to transport kids yeah. and we can't, and we got to rely on parents and, and it ain't working. Well, I, 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 uh, I don't, I, we, if there's anybody out there listening that knows Jeremy Renner, Let's make this happen. Call me let's, up. Let's get us. I just want to. <laughs> I want to see a school I, bus with video games. I'm I'm the only Yale at Sky Tavern, so it's not going to be hard <laughs> to find me. But yeah, see, can that's you, the thing just, because if we did get kids up here, I could get bikes. We can get bikes. We can get tons of bikes. Yeah, because yeah. skiing's expensive and biking's expensive, yeah. and like you're talking about having a container full of bikes so kids yeah. can try this for free. I gotta have the kids first. Yeah. Before I, I'll get the bikes. So people think the hard part is getting the bikes. No, we can get bikes. So Tahoe has this Tahoe transit thing now that's working really well. And all the kids are the ones that use it. You know, it's an app. They all have it on their phone. It's, and it's funny that a lot of the people that are driving those minivans for that program are all retirees and they're just, they're doing it for fun. Yeah. And, uh, but that system works really well in Tahoe. People, you know, everybody uses it that they, they get zipped around in these minivans and it's a free service. You, you should tip your driver, uh, but the kids are all over it. We uh, need to get something's sim- coming here yeah. too. Well, and that's the thing is that they don't uh, trust me. Like when when they started that program, I looked at actually how what what their map was because I was curious if I could actually use them to do shuttles on my mountain bike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and the, the the from incline, the furthest they go up is like you know is the is the highest street and you know is is Jennifer or whatever it is there. Apollo Way is mm-hmm. as far as they go up Mount Rose Highway. So you actually can use them to get a little ways up like Mount Rose a Highway. Quarter up anyway. Right? Yeah. yeah, and then and then what's it's then they don't actually go all the way up. To, they don't go over 267. They go up mm. and in the neighborhoods on both sides. But the, the, anyway, that program's been super successful, and they, they just do minivans. So mm. try, I don't know, maybe trying to get some some whoever's doing public transportation in Reno to, to help out. But yeah, getting them to come up here in the winter is tough. I see that. Yeah, I'd, I would really like to get fewer cars on the highway here in the wintertime. Because, yeah. you know, this, yeah. this last year we closed the highway because there was too many cars. So, yeah. Um, but the other thing that I'd like to talk about is trails. So, um, we 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 uh, raised enough money to hire Steve another summer, cool. <laughs> and we got him going. And um, just for those of you that haven't ridden here, if you haven't ridden the Rick Sutherland Trail, you're missing it because it is uh, one of the better trails I've ever ridden, and also one of the best trails in in Reno and in Tahoe. Um, just quickly, people ask me who was Rick Sutherland. So um, I got a I got a challenge grant from the Lana Vento Foundation for forty five grand, but it was a challenge grant. I had to raise another forty five grand to get the money. So I called a friend of mine up and I said, Steve, it's not Steve Wentz, but another Steve. Um, I got this grant and I gotta raise more money. Can you help me? raise more money so I can get the 45 grand. We'd have 90 grand. I could go for it and we could hire Steve and make a trail. It could be cool. So, um, he said, it's, it's, it's interesting. You called me uh, night before last, our whole group, he's a cycling group, probably eight or nine families. He said, our, our, our mountain bike girl passed away unexpectedly. 
His name was Rick Sutherland. If we raise the money, would you, would you name it after him? And I said, what did I say? Yes. 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 He said yes. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. <laughs> the <laughs> answer is yes. Um, and so um, that day I called Steve Wentz and I said, Steve, I got this opportunity. Can you, would you mind meeting with them? And we did. We, Franz Weber was there and a few other friends yeah. and Steve, and we all met and we talked about Rick Sutherland and what he did. He was, he was a guy that worked on everybody's bikes and taught them all how to ride, taught the kids how to ride. And they called him wrong way Rick because he was always getting lost and we've all been there. But anyway, so that's how Rick Sutherland became Rick Sutherland. And they raised a significant amount of money over that 60 grand to build that trail. Cool. And they want us to keep going. So, And it was cool in that meeting because when we were talking to, to Steve and some other guys, we were talking about like, what did Rick want to ride? And it, it's unique because he was a he's a very smart man, like liked to get out, ride his bike, but I never thought like someone who's like super successful in the tech world wouldn't have an ego. But that wasn't him. You know, he the story that I heard was he would love to go to Downeyville and he'd ride those trails and he would love all the rock stuff and he'd love to see other people do it. He wasn't he was a good rider, but he wasn't like the crazy guy that would hit everything. But he loved to see other people like do their best riding. And that was the impetus for the trail. You know, it was yeah. like we made his trail. Exactly. You know, and like that's, I thought that was the important part for his trail because you can see other people do things. You know, high fives is different. Yeah. That prerogative was like, we want to get people time on the bike, get used to, you know, two or three or four wheels. But Rick's trail is his trail. You know, because that's what he wanted to ride with his friends. I, I want to interject. Um, so Rick, when I heard the name Rick Sutherland, I was like, I, I know that person. And so then I inquired and, and I heard, you know, I think, I think Rick Reed maybe mentioned like who he was. And I was like, I know that guy. So I used to live in the Bay Area years ago. And my friend Timmy C, who owned a cell phone shop, was also a hardcore mountain biker, ended up selling his cell phone business to Rick's company called Clickaway. No way. Yeah. And so, and, and Timmy was like, he was my mentor. Like Rick was like the greatest guy ever, the most giving, kind, like, you know, genuine, sincere guy. I mean, he was a shrewd business, like a really shrewd businessman, but he was like an amazing human being. And I was like, oh my God, there's a trail named after him here at Sky Tavern, which I think is so <laughs> yeah. cool. That's and great. it's cool, like, when we rode the day that the trail was dedicated to him with his kids, his kids were, like, uh, I think his son, it was, like, the same way. I had to go do, I was working in Tahoe, actually, at the time. Um, I was done with the trail here, but I was working in another spot. And he was like, can you come? I was like, yeah, I'll be there for sure. Like, no question. And, but I was going to go back to work after, I don't know, 3, 4 o'clock, we finished. And his son was like, you want to have a beer? I'm like... I can't say no. I, for one, I did want to have a beer with him, but I was like, oh man, I'm going to operate heavy machinery after this. So I did not go back to work um, at the end of that day. But like his kids were the same. I was like, that's super cool. You know, because they were, they're just living how, how dad was and they're, they're stoked on everyone having a good time. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. sick. And that's, that's why the trail is what it is. That's great. And that, that common goal uh, brought a lot of friends together and they all, they, they all ponied up and gave us some money and to your point about how did we spend the money you see it 
Yeah. You feel it. You ride it. Yeah. When you ride Rick Sutherland, you got to be somebody and you got to know what you're doing. By the way, if you haven't ridden it, uh, far right is the easy ride around right down the center. It's a little scary on the left. It's pucker factor. Yeah. So, uh, that's what gives the Rick Sutherland. It's popularity is everybody can ride. Most riders can ride it and you can ride with your friends. Your rad dude can be, you can all equal up on that mm-hmm. one trail. Yeah. So that's kind of where we're headed now with the trails at sky tavern is to, Build a couple more trails, maybe two or three or four more. I got four in my brain right now that we could do. Um, But I want to do is take and keep it fresh. For instance, when we're done with a trail, I want to maybe do a couple alternates routes with different features. So it gives you chances. We're also dreaming about, um, Steve has talked about a kind of a stacked eight labyrinth of trails on the mountain so you can connect all the different trails which would give us the ability to have an event over here on Mm -hmm. the left Mm -hmm. and still have a public ride through on the right because we're a thoroughfare Mm -hmm. from the tamarack trail to robin hood yep so the point is we got to be everything to everybody but giving options and and uh organically what's happening right now this this is where i had to teach yale a little bit you know yale's like we need this trail top to bottom and I'm like, you do a little bit for the base. You know, you should have a green, blue, you know, and then advanced trails. But I'm like, no, you don't need this fourth trail top to bottom. We can just connect stuff because that's how you ski, right? Like if you go. Well, yeah, you're, there's you're, always a feeder. There's always a catch line. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, you catch, you, at the bottom, you take a catch line. Like I said, I'm, I'm not a good skier, but I would go to this one place. I'm going to go in these trees, almost die. Okay, I need a break. Go out to this groomer. That one's fun. I can go fast. Okay, I collected myself enough. I can go into these trees. And my favorite run is different than everyone else's. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way trails should be. You know, because I, I ride all over the place and I don't want to hit generally a jump trail top to bottom. I want to break it up with tech stuff or mm-hmm. something that's really narrow. Like, oh, yeah, I tore the skin off my arm because I was too close to that tree. And like, that's fun for me. But maybe that's not fun for someone else. So I think like the small connections, mm-hmm. those are what's really going to let someone make the mountain their own because i always heard in the ski world the best mountain is the one that you know and i think that's the same with bikes where it's like oh yeah i can come here and i can ride i'm gonna i got 45 minutes i'm gonna bust out two laps and do this one and do this one to this trail Mm -hmm. that's the way it is because yeah like time's important people don't have five hours to play around usually yeah. So I, I think that's the way it's going to go. And yeah. it's happening organically. I don't know if you know this. There's a secret route from the high fives down to Nose Rock. Mm-hmm. And right now, kids are rolling it, and it's just off the hook. And I can't advertise this. <laughs> <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, it's a sketch deal. But it, the, the, here's the point. People are now finding their own alternates, and some will keep, for sure. Uh, some we won't. Some will try to... F- mitigate but bottom line is we're not going to ever be done yeah the the minute we're done i'll be dead yeah and until then (laughs) game on well we're gonna speaking of being done we're gonna need to bring this to a close but before we end um we always love to ask our guests this question and i'm gonna really enjoy i think this one with both of you um the name of our podcast is mind the track and when you hear i'll start with you yale when you hear the word the words mind the track. What do you think of? What's the first thing that comes to mind? 
Hmm. The track can be many things, but if it's the track you're on, uh, you got to focus on that track. You may not know where you're going, but um, if you're focusing on the track, um, there's a lot of things that can happen. You can be looking right in your front, right in front of your front wheel. That's disastrous. Mm-hmm. But if you're following a track and you're looking as far as you can see, uh, focusing on that, uh, I think that's um, that's what I think about when I I hear the name of your podcast. I think about that the trajectory of my attention. Mm-hmm. is further out than my front wheel. Nice. That's yeah, a deep that's, one. I like that's, that's I like that. We haven't had that one yet. Oh, dude. Dude, that, that needs to go on a poster. <laughs> yeah. It should be on a poster <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I like crap. it. What about you, Steve? Uh, mind the track for me is, um, it's just riding with purpose. You know, like, yeah. I love riding with friends and having good time. And, uh, and it's not always about going fast, but I feel like as far as mind the track goes, that's that's a call to action, I guess, because I, I want to go, like, I'm going to do my best run. And I guess that's what I hope for with building. You know, I want to, like, put myself in someone else's shoes and so, like, they can have their best run, whatever that run may be, mm-hmm. at whatever speed. But, um, but, yeah, I think I still do that. I still have doubt and hesitation, and it's cool to have that when uh, you're building something for someone else, but... But yeah, mine the track for me is like, I'm going to make this mine. I'm going to make it my best run. Yeah. Awesome. Well, That's great. Two great, another two really good answers. Yeah. Well, to close, um, people who want to get more information about the program, um, coming here to ride or to kind of follow on social media, where can people uh, get more information about Sky Tavern? So skytavern.org is our website. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a donate tab Mm -hmm. and you can pick your choice of how you want to donate Mm -hmm. um there's choices there so if you want more trails pick summer okay if you want to sponsor a kid uh send it to the general fund because we'll be able to do that so um and then also come up and ride and hit the qr codes and give us five bucks uh, if you're a backcountry skier we're going to have the same thing we're going to have a ride for five for those that uh, have been skinning up for years and mm-hmm. have asked me, Hey, can I, can I donate some money? Cause yeah. I think it's valuable yeah. for me to yeah, be yeah, able let's to give do that, that a shout out. So for our, because we have a lot of backcountry listeners as well, but you guys have an, an open uphill policy here. eh? We, we are going to have an official, official. policy policy this year. Yeah, in, the, in, the, in the past, it was Monday through Friday. Now it's Monday and Tuesday. And then uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at certain times in the morning early. Okay. But what we don't want to have is uphill and downhill skiers at the same time. And then also when we're open, we've got machinery and snowmobiles and cats and things like that. We don't want to hit anybody. So we're going to have an uphill policy for the the winter. But in the the summer, you know, it's just come and ride and and donate to a city park that's going to help us maintain it. Great. And and your social media is... Sky Tavern Bike Park, is that? We have a couple of social media, um, Facebook pages, but the bike park is the centralized summer. Um, and it's, it's really cool. So when, when Steve Wentz talks and, and suggests someone for me to talk with, yeah. I listen because we hired Rick Reed this uh-huh. year, who's an industry expert, and uh, he was with 510 Shoes for many years. Uh, he took it from zero to 17 million, I think, before they sold it to Adidas. 
Anyway, we have the luxury of having hired him for this summer to help us teach us to fish mm-hmm. and to help organize the bike side. And that, that's who built the uh, bike park, mm-hmm. uh, Sky Devon Bike Park uh, social media side. Um, we hope we can keep him as long as we can. And uh, he's, he's a legit guy cool. and a great rider. And he's helping us build the, the camps and the uh, clinics. So he's going to be organizing the, the dig days. And by the way, um, anybody out there, if you want to have your own dig day, call us. We'll, we'll, we'll have one. We can do it after work. Uh, what we need to do is get more people on the hill with shovels in their hand. Uh, I, I propose that we're doing it for two or three hours at a time. This is not um, a big, heavy lift. It, short and sweet makes a lot of sense. And we can nip and tuck some of the areas that need work. Yeah. And Great. would you potentially, uh, if you do have some dig days, you'll put that out on social on the Sky, yep. Sky Tavern Bike Park. Cool. Yep. Cool. Awesome. Well, Yale and Steve, thanks so much for nice coming boys. on to the show. It's been great catching up on uh, everything that's happening here at Sky Tavern. Yeah, this is a rad. Wow. I, Tahoe's had a void for a bike park, and you guys are filling it. So yeah. well done. Yeah. Thanks. My no. first podcast. I'm so psyched. Thanks, you guys. <laughs> no, thank you, guys. Myself and our crew, we're psyched to work with Sky Tavern and... I mean, selfishly, I just like riding here. So come up and ride. Sweet place. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening to episode number 17 of Mind the Track here at Sky Tavern with our guests, Yale Spina and Steve Wentz. Until next time, get out there, get deep, and put your mind in the track. Mm